Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Wednesday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way. The trip through the drive through here at Strange Brew Coffeehouse in Starkville, Mississippi, or at Brupolo in Tupelo. Ooh, ooh. Be kind of weird, Robbie. If Brupolo was in Oklahoma. I thought you did Oklahoma before. Right, now, you, you just got to just go with it, all right? If I've done it before, I've done it before. There's only so many towns in the state. I'm doing the best I can here. How do you want? Could have had a nice coffee shop for Hugh Freeze when he was waiting on Robert Elliott outside of his house, huh? <laughs> Is that where Gene got shot at? Might have been. <laughs> Might have been. Well, good point. I mean, if you're going to get shot at, for a recruiting violation, you might as well have a great cup of coffee with you. You can always get it at Strange Brew Coffee House or at Brew Below, or you can just order it for shipping right to your door. StrangeBrewCoffeeHouse.com. Order it for shipping. They bring it to you, and whatever you're looking for, whatever kind of coffee machine you've got sitting on the front counter at your house, there's a Strange Brew Coffee for that. College Corner and CollegeCornerStore.com is the place to find maroon and white merchandise you can't find just anywhere else because nobody else has the biggest and best selection of it in central Mississippi. Two locations in the Jackson area to serve you. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. We're getting close to tailgating, getting close to uh, MSU football. You need some new gear, not only for yourself, but for your tailgate, for the car, for the house, whatever you're doing, they've got it at College Corner. Humble Taco is Starkville's best Mexican restaurant. I'm saying it, and I want anybody to prove me wrong. And you can't because I'm right. Simple as that. Once again, you know, as I said earlier today, I've been right. I've been wrong three times in five years, according to what the Nature Boy had to say today. So you got me the other. Um, that was one of them. Willing to bet that's probably the f- fourth time you've been wrong because <laughs> you haven't been wrong only three times in five you years. Can't, you can't prove that. That's all I'm saying. So, it's not a lie if you believe it. <laughs> that is the truth. That is the truth. Well, I do believe that Humble Taco is Starville's best Mexican restaurant. They have Mexican food that you cannot get anywhere else. A unique menu full of great items, homemade, fresh ingredients, and something for everybody on that menu. Whatever kind of eater you're bringing to Humble Taco, they're going to leave happy. So head over to Humble Taco. Grab a spot out there on the patio. Grab a pitcher of margaritas or an ice cold beer. Grab some Mexican food that you can't get anywhere else. Firehouse Subs for lunch? Why not? Download the Firehouse Subs app. Place your order online. It's ready within minutes. And then when you pick it up, you're piling up reward points. You're getting free sandwiches. Ladies and gentlemen, in this day and age, in this economy, free it should be your favorite four-letter word. So 
Take advantage of it with Firehouse Subs. Locations in Starville and Oxford, Columbus and Tupelo. Chloe and Madison, that's Firehouse Subs. It's supposed to be Rumblings Day. What we've learned, Robbie, is that our listeners need us. Because yes. if we had not, if we don't send out the, the call to action, they don't send the Rumblings questions. We got a couple here and there. Shout out to you guys who remembered, but we don't have enough to do a show. So we shall push that back a day. Robbie, if you want to go ahead and fire off that tweet right now, you can. Uh, but we will have the Rumblings on our Thursday show, a special Thursday edition of the Rumblings. Today's show, uh, Robbie brought this to my attention a little bit before the show, and I like the topic, so I said, let's just roll with it. The ranking of quarterback rooms, not just the quarterbacks. We're taking everything into account here. Um, I liked it. From Athlon Sports, uh, Mississippi State, when we look at these rankings in just a moment, Robbie, I want you to go through them since you've got the link right there. And just start us at the bottom. But I thought State's ranking was pretty fair. We'll get to them in a minute. But sort of talk us up through the top, through the top, uh, uh, the fourteen. Obviously, I think we, I think we all know who uh, is last. Yeah, it's a pretty easy one. That is the uh, perennial loser, losers from uh, Nashville, Tennessee, Vanderbilt. Poor guys. Um, I mean, Mike Wright, I think was the guy that was playing State last year. Yeah. And he's he's back. Ken Sills is back. Neither one of those guys are good. Uh, Mike Mike Wright was just it was just kind of painful to watch him mm-hmm. try to throw the football around last year. Mm-hmm. And you know Clark Lee, to his credit, I mean he's trying. He's trying to do something here. I just it's so difficult to recruit to Vanderbilt. And you know there's nothing nothing that really excites you about that coaching staff from you know. Uh, uh, the, their past or anything like that to sell. And then, you know, Vanderbilt, there's just uh, outside of the fact that it's just a really good school to have on your resume um, as a college graduate. I mean, there's just, there's nothing there. We're going to be able to attract really good talent. So, I mean, they're trying, but there's, there's no excitement coming out of that quarterback room right. or that roster at all. Right. I agree. I agree a hundred percent of this Vanderbilt. I, it, it really boggles my mind how James Franklin was as successful as he was at Vanderbilt because they have done not. It's like he was never there. I, I say that all the time. It's like, you know, I, who was the coach? Robbie Caldwell before him and then Derek Mason after him. It's like James Franklin was never at Vanderbilt. They all kind of run together. They all have about yeah. the same record. Yeah. All right. So, so here I found the article now and I'll help you out here. If you want to split them up or whatever. At 13, it's Missouri, and, you know, they've got a couple of guys back. Obviously, they lost Connor Bazelak, who was a decent enough quarterback, I thought, for the Tigers the past couple of years. The name to watch here, isn't Jack Abraham a guy you think could go in there if he's healthy and win that job? I think so. Yeah. And, you know, could be a really good fit for them. I thought that Abraham would be solid in the air raid. Mm-hmm. And had he not had a concussion, he might have – legitimately competed for that starting spot. I think I he would have at least pushed Will Rogers. I think he can come in there and, and, and fight for that position. I mean, neither one of those guys that are that are uh, fighting for that job is really blowing me away right now. So uh, I there, there's there's no doubt that Abraham has the tools, the, the mind to come in there and do it. Uh, it's just going to be really, you know, how does he respond after being out for basically a year and a half? 
Because, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's set out for most of that Southern Miss season, if I remember correctly, and then went to Mississippi State. He hasn't played football in almost two years. Yeah. Like in a like in an actual game. So how where where is he physically, mentally? That's gonna be the the question. But he's definitely got the ability. I won't be surprised to see him get that job. I, I just won't. Twelfth is the Auburn Tigers. Robbie, this is this is a not a good quarterback room at all. I mean, CJ Finley has never shown you anything at either LSU or uh, Auburn that made you think he was a future star in the SEC. Nothing I saw from Zach Calzada last year. I understand that he beat Alabama. I get that. He had a great game in that game. Sure, good good for him. But the consistency just not there for him. And looking at young guys, I mean, Robbie Ashford, that's a guy, you know, you might remember him from the recruiting process. I think he was on Mississippi State's radar early in his recruitment. I know he was on Ole Miss's radar deep into his recruitment. But now he's transferred from Oregon to Auburn. I hear a lot. I hear he's got a lot of John Rice Plumlee. Is his issue? It, basically, he, he's not an accurate passer at all. But he is a great athlete and can run the football. And honestly, that sounds sort of like Bo Nix, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Sounds a little bit like Bo Nix. I don't know that they're not best served going with youth. The problem is with Harson; he's trying to win games to keep his job. So I don't know what's going to happen there. But Calzada and Finley, ugh. we've seen both of these guys, and neither one of them was really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Finley, he had that, you know, come from behind drive against whoever that team was that they barely uh, – they almost lost to in non-conference Georgia play. Georgia State. Uh, you know, Calzada, he has the Bama win to his resume, but that was kind of a fluke. It felt it felt real There's no fluke. way you can't say that now, yeah, after like seeing that, how the season played out. We've seen him against everybody else, and he just was not good. I, I didn't – I wasn't impressed at all against State. Strong arm, but – not very accurate, doesn't really know where the ball is going. So, I mean, it, it's almost like the only guy that you feel could do something is Robbie Ashford just because you haven't seen him do anything. Right. And I'm not – I'm not blown away by him either. Mississippi State yeah. recruited him some. So, uh, this is not a good group. Auburn should not be in this position. They should be – since since Cam Newton, they have kind of dropped the ball. Yeah. They should have been able to sell. Look what we did with this guy. Yeah. He was a failure pretty much at Florida, which you, that was his own doing. Right. But you, you could you could say, you know, look, look, we we gave this guy, you know, his Heisman. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not entirely yeah, Marshall, accurate, but you could use it. I feel like Nick Marshall's success was a fluke. You know, yeah, he was just a great team. athlete. It just worked. It worked out. You know, he, he did enough to win there. But since then, yeah, Auburn. When's the last time they were? I mean, Bo Nix. Well, Bo Nix is a, is a detriment, though, because you're talking about a guy who's the number one quarterback in the country coming out of high school. Was he ranked that high? He was the number one dual-threat quarterback in the country. He was a five. Oh, boy. So that makes him a bust, Robbie, just so you know. And he was a, well, and he was a like legacy. Three years of production. Well, he's, he's got more bust potential than Jerry on Ely. But we I don't want to go too far down the road on that. I just want to make a joke. But, yeah, you're, 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 I mean – so that's why it's all Auburn is just they're just in a bad spot. This is why I think Auburn's going to be bad, guys. Picking games for the most part, it's not that difficult. If the team's quarterback is not good, you can't go with them. No, yeah. you can't roll with them. That you is know, almost now, always my like criteria. Mm-hmm. If, is or do they have a dynamic quarterback? Do they have a quarterback that's been playing for three or four years? 
I always when if I do you don't pick, have the quarterback. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to be high on your team. When I do picks, but when I look at a game, and I've said this before on the show, I look at three things: better coach, better quarterback. Where is the game? And if you're telling me that the team with the better coach and the better quarterback is playing at home, I will pick that team ten times out of ten. It's just that simple. Auburn does not now. And here's the thing: Calzada could come out of nowhere, become a great quarterback, and we'll all eat crow. That's fine. But as we sit here on July 5th, there's no reason to think that team's going to be good. LSU is at 11. I mean, it's really something that this is another one where maybe youth gets served a little earlier than you think. Brennan has been so injury prone there. You know, his first two games of 2020, he looked great. He threw for almost 800 yards in those games, you know, two losses, but wasn't his fault that they lost either one of those games. Then he got hurt, and he was hurt again last year. Jaden Daniels coming over from Arizona State, good player. I, mean, that, I feel like that's the, the highest compliment I can give the guy. He's a good player. He's good. He's not great. He's not electric. He's not elite. He's just good. I was not overly impressed with Garrett Nussmeyer last season, but he's young. Walker Howard, a five-star guy, true freshman, might, might get the reins earlier than we think here, I think. Yeah. I was kind of surprised that Max Johnson transferred to AM. He had he had a chance, I thought, to come back and compete for a starting spot. I agree. And that's a guy that has the LSU ties and everything. I mean, I just it was it was just kind of weird. Um if you look at these guys on paper, like on, on their recruiting rankings, it's a it's a pretty good group. But the I mean, again, we, we would have. What has any of these guys proven? Right. They haven't proven anything. There's that's that's four guys, and there's not a proven guy in the list. That that's that's hard to believe. That I mean, Miles Brennan, like LSU, he is like LSU's Brian Harson. They've they've just they basically just kind of done everything they can to run him off. Like, just we need you to stick around just in case somebody breaks their leg, so you can move in, and we can have somebody with a beating heart <laughs> to run the offense. Otherwise, we are doing everything possible to get somebody in there other than you. You know, he, he's, he's a recruit. They, they get somebody else to come in. I think the, when they recruited him is when they got Joe Burrow, right? I believe they he went after another freshman after, to Joe Burrow. They went after another quarterback in his class. After they had got him, they told him he was going to be the guy. So they went after another quarterback. You know, he decommitted, and then they talked him back into staying. Well, then, you know, the, whoever they had tran- uh, transferred or graduated, but then they bring in Joe Burrow, and he's like, well, what am I supposed to do? Well, just, you know, he's only going to be here for a couple of years, and yeah, then it'll be your time. Yeah. Then he finally got his, his opportunity, and he got hurt. And then you have these guys, they're pulling in more transfers, Jaden Daniels. I mean, it's just like. Finally, I guess this guy is finally at the end of his career. But man, I guess you got to give him credit for kind of sticking around. I'm trying to find who that LSU quarterback was. Oh, <laughs> I got a name. Are you ready? I yes. know you haven't heard this name in a long time. Remember Lowell Narcisse? Yes. That's the guy. He went Juco. Yeah. Never did. I think any- after. Oh. Yeah. Poor Miles Brennan. I, I mean, you got to get the guy so credit. Fun to go through these recruiting rankings, man. There it Miles is. Brennan, what, 
Miles Brennan will always be able to say, I played at LSU. Mm-hmm. You know, I got a national championship ring. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Brennan was the 10th rated quarterback in the country uh, his senior year. Trying to see who's the best guy after him. Jeffrey Simmons just ragdolled him in like yeah. two years in a row, by the way. I mean, it, was just, it was brutal. Econ was 12th that year. Oof. Not playing wide receiver. Hendon Hooker, who's still playing football, was 24th when he went to Virginia Tech. Mac Jones, 29th. Yeah, that guy was just the ultimate success story. How about two quarterback class, him and Tua. That's the class. Wow. Um, They had Tua, Jalen Hurts, and Mac Jones in the same quarterback room. Talk about a quarterback room. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one, yeah. So here, uh, you know, we're not talking much about these backups here, I guess, but that's a key. It's a key. This, that's why I want to look at this next in Texas A&M. How can Texas A&M be a preseason top 10 if this is their quarterback room? They have Haynes King, who's done nothing, Max Johnson, who has done a little something, and they do have a, a 24-7 composite five-star freshman, and maybe he's the guy who takes over late. But, again, why would I look at this team – and? You know they're going to be young on defense when they're playing all these these five stars that they brought in. That's not a recipe for success. So this quarterback room, again, there's just – it'd be one thing if, like, look, they have a great quarterback, but the backups are just, you know, we're talking about the whole room, right? The backups are just kind of, you know, three-star kids that nobody wants. This, this room is full. It's got two guys. Two of the three guys are not impressive, have not been impressive. Athlon's doing a good job of not getting caught up in the in the name of the school yes, or anything. Give them that. I, I think they're being very fair here because they're I mean they're kind of thinking like us. We just do not see anything in this the bottom half of this list. We don't see anything from these guys that just wows you. Mm-hmm. Haynes King, he was the guy he got hurt last year, right? Yeah, he got hurt in the second game of the year. And so I mean who knows? Who knows about him? I mean, we we just don't we don't know enough yet on him. We've seen Max Johnson. When I see somebody that's not just super impressive in the SEC already, I don't understand why another SEC school takes him. Yeah, you get what I'm saying? Like he's he was he was at LSU and played against the same teams that you're about to play against, and was not really that impressive and and at the end of the year i think you know he was kind of rotating in and out as a starter like he kind of was losing his job right so i mean what what are we what are we doing here and unless you if that's your backup then that's great I mean, uh, it, so i guess i mean that calzada with max johnson it's like replacing the six of spades with the five of hearts i mean what yeah not, what are we doing here I, I don't think Haynes King is going to be the answer. I mean, it, it might be a similar thing like Robbie Ashford. Like, we haven't seen the the freshman yet, yeah. Connor Weigman or whatever his name is. Yeah. But, you know, maybe maybe that guy's the answer. You, you just don't know because he hasn't played anybody. And he's a five-star, but they've had plenty of five-stars come through and not really do anything. Yeah. Their best quarterback, coincidentally, was like a three-star. Yeah. So – and Texas wanted to be a defensive back. It's true. It's true. Number nine is the Ole Miss Rebels. Again, like you just said, Robbie, kudos to Athlons here. I think there's a lot. I mean, 
I will say this. Lane Kiffin probably deserves the benefit of the doubt, right? Guy's a great offensive coach. You probably you, Whoever gets this shot probably going to put up numbers. But they're not just saying that. They're saying, look, neither one of these guys are proof. Now, one thing I will say is I think the ceiling is really high in this room, right? Dart and Altmaier both. I think Dart has the higher ceiling, but he also has the lower floor. I think Altmaier is going to be sort of you know what you're getting with him if he gets that job. But – Dart, Dart to me has huge boom or bust potential. The talent's there in this room, though, for sure. Yeah, I think Dart, like you said, more more talented from a physical standpoint. But Luke is a player that you can't underestimate. I think that a lot of people kind of underestimate his athletic ability. He can run. He can run pretty well, and he can make just about any throw. Uh, he he was kind of hit or miss last year, but that, that's I think mostly because he was wasn't getting a ton of reps. It's kind of rusty was coming in there. I mean, against that Baylor defense in that game, the way they were coming after him, anybody would have been hit or miss, even Corral. Yeah, yeah. The big question is for Altmaier, you know, how is he going to handle being in that spotlight? How is he going to handle getting popped a few times? That's going to be the big question for him if, if he does take over. But I think I don't think people should underestimate Luke. Um, seen that kid since he was in ninth grade, and he can really sling it around the yard. Jackson Dart has got to be concerning that he didn't come in and was just immediately the guy. You, if you put yeah. a five star label on this guy, which I think was just ridiculous, that and, and I'm talking about our network mm-hmm. that did that. I, I think that was ridiculous to put a five star rating on this player that has done virtually nothing mm-hmm. in college football. If it's a guy that was rated a four star and he's he's become an all American after one year and just sure. has a transfer, let's do it. Jackson Dart's numbers were pedestrian at best at USC, and he's leaving because he was not going to get the job at USC next year. Right. So uh, I, don't, I don't understand that. I don't understand that. I don't understand um, JJ Pegues. That was a ridiculous rating to put on him. I mean, this this is kind of dumb. So, I mean, and, and it's kind of proven my point that he came in and well, Lane Kiffin is saying, like, we're, you know, Lane Kiffin's speaking about some concerns he has about that. It's kind of the opposite of what we're talking about with this article, right? I feel like in that instance, 24 7 just sort of rode the hype train. Like, well, Ole Miss is getting all these guys. They must be good. And, you know, Pegues has done nothing, less than nothing. And Dart, I mean, threw for 1,300 yards, nine touchdowns, five picks against Pac 12 competition. I mean, as a true freshman, those aren't terrible numbers. And he obviously he was a five-star kid coming out of high school. So you know the ceiling is there for him. But I agree with you, the fact that he came in and wasn't clearly better from day one than Luke Altmaier. I, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I, I, and I told Borky this on the show many times. I said, I don't think there's a quarterback competition at all at Ole Miss. I think that Dart will win it easily, and he'll be the guy coming out of spring, and that they'll go from there, and Altmaier will be in the transfer portal before we get to the summer. I was wrong. I was wrong, and I think that speaks a lot more to Dart than anything else. He's got to be—he's got to be better this uh, this this fall if he's going to win that job. Yeah, his—if uh, I'm not mistaken, his ranking out of the transfer portal was up from his high school ranking, right? Well, you got me. Yeah, me. yes, you're right. He was a four star coming out of high school. See, I mean, how what? What did he show us last year at USC that says, you know what, we were wrong in his ranking. He's actually better than his ranking. 
I, I mean, what am I, what am I missing here, man? I, I don't, I don't get it. I, 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 you're right. You're right. I mean, look, I mean, just look at these numbers. I mean, completed 62% of his passes. I mean, okay. I'm, I'm sure he was throwing the, the ball down the field a little more than Luke Altman. I mean, uh, Will Rogers. Right. But 1,300 yards, nine touchdowns, five interceptions. Yeah. And seven I mean, yards of completion. The, the numbers don't blow you away. There's no question about that. So it blew somebody away. And, and, well, yeah. And in four of his starts, he lost the game. So, yeah. I think that, yeah, like I said, I think that this is a room where we could come back at the end of the year and this could be a top two or three room in the conference. But as it says right now, this is, that's the correct, that's the correct ranking for them. At number eight, and then we'll go to the break. Anthony Richardson and the Florida Gators. Richardson is another one that we just don't know a lot about. Now, they do have a five star backup behind him, Jack Miller, who transferred in from Ohio State, but he's another unproven guy. Richardson is another huge boomer bust guy, right? Either he's going to be in Napier's offense, which likes to run the quarterback and get him out to out of the pocket and let them be mobile and let them make plays with their feet. He's either going to be a huge star or we're going to look at, you know, with Mullen, Mullen was a great quarterback developer and for whatever reason never went to this guy. And maybe Mullen knew something we didn't. Um, I think it's going to be somewhere in the middle. I think he's going to be good. I think he could. He's got the potential to be really good, to be a great quarterback. But I think there might be some early learning pains for Anthony Richardson. But the good news is, if he has to make plays and rely on athleticism, he's got plenty of that. Yeah, I, th- you know, this was a you know the whole thing last year, back and forth. You know, should and a lot of people, you know, felt like you know that was kind of the end of Dan Mullen. I mean, he just would not really commit. To Anthony Richardson, who everybody was kind of saying, you know, this is the guy. So uh, I, I don't know. I I don't know what's going to happen with Billy Napier. We we discussed a little bit about this whenever uh, we were talking about Florida the other day. This is going to be an interesting case study, and I I feel like Napier's going to be solid at Florida, but you know I. Also, I'm not sure if this is the, um, if if you know Anthony Richardson is the is the answer or not. I don't know. We just we haven't seen enough of him to really kind of go down that road. I agree. I agree. But that's probably a good spot for them right yeah. now. Eighth, just right right at the tail, right in the middle. Like middle of the pack. Yeah. That that's a but that is a group just like Ole Miss that can be significantly higher. It, it shows you the 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 belief that people have in Richardson and his ability. He clearly has a lot of tools, but he's got to put it together. So we'll see what happens. All right, let's move on into the second half of this, and that's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. When you're cooking out, you want to put beef on the grill. Steaks, burgers, fantastic. Brisket, even better. Tri-tip, absolutely. Picanha, yes. Kebabs, sure. Could I go on? I could. Am I going to? Perhaps. Beef ribs, love them. Skirt steak, outstanding. Flake steak, yes, sir. Again, I could go on. I will stop there. So many great options with beef. Check it out in your local meat market or your local butcher. Get to know those guys, and they'll hook you up with some great deals. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats. The heart of the Cotton District. Man, it's a great place for lunch today, Robbie. Sure was good. 
You, you're trying to get me upset, but it's just not going to happen. I don't, I don't get as upset. I lunch today with my friends that invited me to lunch. Unlike some people that want to betray you and stab you in the back. Well, you, I mean, to each his own. This is a, this is a, this is a friend that apparently doesn't believe I'm his friend. Well, that's the same thing for this situation. You know, so now we're even. We're even, Robbie Falk. I betrayed you more <laughs> because this, this guy just didn't want me involved in this. You would have invited me, I think. I would have. I, if I had been handling a, the invitations. It was more of a betrayal on my part, I think. All right. Well, well if you want to say that, what I, I say that we're even. We will let bygones be bygones, and we shall dine together at Two Brothers very, very soon. Why, why would we want to do that? Because it is awesome. So good. Such a great place to eat. Great people. The service today couldn't have been nicer. And that's what you're looking for when you go to Two Brothers. I say it all the time, man. When I go to Two Brothers, it's just the same experience over and over again, which is what I want. I want that consistency. Uh, the food is good. The service is good. The people are nice. You can't ask for anything more than that. In the heart of the Cotton District, it's smoked Southern Soul food at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Great products, great service. Everybody promises it. Who delivers it? I can tell you what that Advantage Business System does. And I've got 47 years of doing business here in this state to back me up on that. Nobody stays around as long as they have unless they are taking care of their customers. And they do it the right way. They treat you like you're their neighbor, which they are. They're a Mississippi business just like you. So when you call them, you're talking to somebody here in the state of Mississippi who can get you in on the road and help you immediately in a lot of cases and within 24 to 48 hours in almost all of them. No dealing with out-of-state contractors. No dealing with service centers across the ocean. It's right here in the state of Mississippi, which is what you want. That number is 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Coming in at number seven, it's an interesting one considering some of the preseason stuff we've seen. But number seven is Kentucky. Now, I know that Kentucky from a backup perspective, and they don't even mention the backups in this, uh, this short preview here aren't going to be, you know, highly recruited guys for the most part. But Levis has gotten a lot of preseason love as a potential top five draft choice, and including in this article uh, from uh, CBS Sports' Chris Trapazzo, he has him as the number one overall selection in, the, uh, in, the orig- in his mock draft. Now, obviously, it's very early. I thought Levis – I think Levis is a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. And I think he's, he's added a passing dimension to Kentucky that they didn't have. Sure. But I'm not seeing this at all, Robbie. No. And again, I'm glad this, the Athlon is not taking the bait on this. That's, that was, that kind of surprised me earlier in the, it was right after the draft and all that stuff started coming out. Mm-hmm. A couple of different people had him first round pick, you know, number one overall. I mean, I just I don't I don't see it, but I I do think he makes Kentucky yes uh, a a team to be reckoned with this year yeah. because I think he is he does have a a, a really good skill set. He's a guy that has a cannon for an arm. He can control it a lot better than than some people do with that kind of strength. But yeah, I mean, I just I just don't I don't see number one pick. I don't see top 10 pick, to be totally honest with you, but we'll, we'll, we'll sort of see where that goes for us. I'm but, not ready to say first-round pick. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 need to see, I, just, I need to see more. Just, just, I just need to see more. 
I mean, I mean, there was a time last year when we were talking about, like, you know, we don't know where the ball is going. Right. He throws it. Yeah. You know, just get, get in his grill, pressure him. You know, that's what Mississippi State did to yes. him was get in his face and yeah, hit him. What, two or three interceptions in that game. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're I think we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves because of what we saw in the Outback Bowl or whatever bowl they were in. They He had a good showing. But I, I think that's – I think we're letting that weigh a little too heavy on the – conversation i agree with you i agree with you i like levis i think he's a good player but there's no way that he's a he's a top top 10 pick for me at this point that said this is probably he is good enough to put kentucky's because this is this is the first quarterback robbie that we've talked about that is proven he's the first one yeah number six talk about proven the georgia bulldogs stetson bennett returns after his heroic performance in the national championship game. But, but, Georgia fans, as always, will be chomping at the bit to get him out of there because from a recruiting profile standpoint, he's, he's, the, he's you know, he was a walk-on. They turned into a national champion. Um, another five-star kid to keep an eye on here is Gunnar Stockton. Next year will probably be his time at Georgia. He'll probably take over and be the quarterback there for three years uh, after that. But, I'll be honest with you. This I think Georgia is ahead of Kentucky in this because of the quality of the backups, not the quality of Bennett versus Levis. Does that make sense? Yeah. I you know, and I, I don't I've I've always said that Georgia just it seems like they haven't been able to really nail it at quarterback, get that truly dynamic Heisman candidate quarterback. Mm-hmm. At least in the last few years, and they've had some really good ones. Had one, past, like Matthew Stafford. Yeah, they did. Um, but I, you know, Stetson Bennett got the job done. I mean, how can you? I can't really criticize him or Georgia because, as limited as he is from a skill set perspective in the SEC, he just led, and everybody followed him, and he he managed the ball game. He did what he had to do, and that's what he's asked to do. But, and I, I guess you can't really say that, you know, a player like that's holding them back whenever they win the national championship. Game. Right. So, um, you know, I think this is fair, but again, you want to see a more elevated guy. If you're Georgia, when you're recruiting so well at every single position and you have a guy that came from junior college that, you know, was at Jones and, you know, has the, the last name of an old Miss frat guy. You're not wrong. You're not wrong on that. Uh, number five, Spencer Rattler in the South Carolina Gamecocks. This is an interesting ranking to me. Rattler, the talent is off the page. The guy has everything you would look for in an NFL quarterback, but has never put it all together and clearly has some attitude issues that he has to work on. Behind him, Luke Doty was a highly, highly rated guy coming out of high school, but, you know, didn't really do a whole lot last year with South Carolina. They had quarterback trouble the whole year. This feels like another one, like high risk, high reward kind of things. Rattler could, at the end of the season, be the second best quarterback in the SEC. I don't think he's going to get ahead of Bryce Young. But he could also implode, and that team would implode with him. Yeah, you know, a lot of people penciling in South Carolina to to really take off with Spencer Rattler. And my, you know, devil's advocate conversation there is, you know, he didn't do the job at Oklahoma. 
And then you have all this stuff afterwards where he's blaming everybody else, kind of whining about certain things. Um, I mean, I, I just I can't really go all in with Spencer Rattler when I know that he's already folded at another school and in the Power Five. We're supposed to believe he's just going to come to South Carolina and set the world on fire. That's like, to me, it's it's very similar to, uh, not not as bad, but almost similar to Will Muschamp going to South Carolina and you thinking all of a sudden a guy that played in, that coached in your same division with, um, you know, more facilities and more money around him couldn't win there is going to win at South Carolina. It's kind of very similar to me. Yeah. I, agree. I I think there's a better chance of Rattler succeeding than there was Will Muschamp, but I still I'm I'm in wait and see mode. I'm in prove it mode here with be. Rattler. You should be. And like I said, I I think that his relationship with Beamer was probably a big selling point, and so that gives me some confidence they're going to get it worked out. But I'm I'll be interested to see how he handles adversity. We'll just put it that way. Uh, number four, the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Let's read what they had to say here. Will Rogers was terrific for Mike Leach last season, doing everything asked of him as Mississippi State's air raid extraordinaire at the position. He's more than a product of the system. Rogers knows where to go with the football and win and seemed to grow more comfortable as the season progressed. Entering the 2022 campaign in his third year, understanding Leach's philosophical principles, expectations for Rogers should be somewhere around 4,500 yards and 40 touchdowns through the air. Why would I think he's going to take a step back, guys? My expectations are 5,000 yards. I expect them to be a little bit better. That said, this feels close to right for me. I, I will go into it a little bit. I would have had them at three. But when you look at Mississippi State, this is a, a team right now. They not only have Will Rogers, who's one of the most proven commodities in, in the SEC, you've got two four-star guys. Braden Lott got a bump the other day. I don't know how you get a recruiting bump in June when you've already been enrolled for since December. I don't know how that happens. But yeah. four-star guys backing them up. This is a really, this is about all you can hope for in terms of a quarterback room. Yeah, this this takes in all of those guys uh, into consideration here, not just Will Rogers. And um, I think that's a that's a fair spot for Mississippi State. I think it's a good spot. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you could argue three and four, but <clears throat> the only the only way that you could see. Will Rogers taking a step back, like you mentioned, is if he doesn't have the wide receiver production that he did right. from a year ago with my with Makai Polk. Because I mean, you had a one thousand yard receiver, a you know one hundred plus catch receiver that's that steps out the door, and there's a lot of new faces coming in there. So you, I mean, I could see that, but my expectations are really high for Will, and my expectations are really high for whoever takes over after him because you're going to have a guy that's been in the system for at least three years, two or three years, um, and that is more talented, at least from you know the standpoint of the higher-rated guy. And I think Locke and Sawyer both have better arms, stronger arms than Will and more of a skill set. You have to really be excited about the future for Mississippi State at quarterback. And I think Will is going to elevate Mississippi State's quarterback recruiting moving forward because he's going to put up some monster numbers. I agree. So let's look at number three and let's move forward. By the way, I think that you said mentioned Makai Polk. I just think the nature of this offense lends itself to there's somebody who's going to catch 80 to 100 passes this year. Just yeah, I do too. Hit. I do too. Uh, Arkansas is number three. Uh, KJ Jefferson, 
if you wanted to sell me on the second team all SEC quarterback not being Will Rogers, Jefferson would be your best bet. Uh, I like him a lot. He's a guy. Is there any doubt in your mind, any doubt in your mind whatsoever, that if Dan Mullen had stayed at Mississippi State, KJ Jefferson would be the starting quarterback at Mississippi State? No, not at all. He would be there. He would be in perfect fit for that Monster system in that offense. Incredible, really good the, player. And then Hornsby behind him is an interesting guy. Totally different kind of athlete. Jefferson is the bulldozer, and then Hornsby is sort of the sports car, right? He's the guy who gets out wide and makes plays. Um, two really good players. I like Jefferson a lot. I don't have a problem with them being three. I would personally have them at two because I think that's Jefferson. I think Jefferson and Hornsby are a good one-two punch, and Hornsby's a little more proven than Sawyer Robertson. Um, number two is the Tennessee Volunteers. Now, here's where I have an issue. And don't get me wrong, I like Hendon Hooker a lot. Really good player. We just talked about him a second ago. And I realize he's been in college as long as he has. But he's a good football player. I think he's going to be a, a, a big-time big time player this year. you got to really like Hooker over Will Rogers and K.J. Jefferson to put their, th- them ahead of, of – put them at number two. Because Joe Milton, the backup, we've seen what he can do, and it's not much. Yeah. The third string guy is also a four star guy. Uh, got him right over, Tavon, uh, Taven Jackson, but not ranked as highly in the recruiting rankings as Robertson or Hornsby. So, what this tells me is that the guys at Athlons are big fans of Hendon Hooker and think he's going to have a monster season. Yeah, I'm not as high on Hooker as a lot of uh, people are. I, I think he's a really good quarterback. I just, you know, I'm, he's kind of the same. Thing with Will Levis, you know, there's a lot of people saying he's going to go really high in the draft. I just, I, I need to see more, I guess. Okay. Um, in in fairness, you know, the few games I saw were like Alabama and in the Ole Miss game. I wasn't super impressed with him in the Ole Miss game. I mean, I just, I, I don't know. I, I, there's something about him. I'm just, I'm not that sold on him, especially not at number two. He needs a big win. About, he doesn't have that. Yeah. They don't have a signature it, win yet. And we're talking about quarterback rooms, which I think we've taken into consideration with most, most of these guys. I mean, if we're going to just talk about the one guy, I mean, Will Levis should be – Kentucky should be higher. Right, right, right. If we're going to do that. I mean, if we're yeah, taking no, in no the doubt. full account, he should they should slide down below Arkansas and Mississippi State, in my opinion. Number one, obviously, when you return the, 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 national, or the Heisman Trophy winner, uh, it should be – you should be number one. That's Alabama, Bryce Young. Uh, their backup is a kid named Jalen Milroe, who's an interesting prospect. You won't believe this big four-star prospect from Alabama. Uh, I mean, uh, not a five-star. I guess that is something. But tremendous athlete. They, they like him a lot, but not proven at all. So, Well, at this stage in the game, I'm just going to trust whoever is at quarterback. Uh, there's no Alabama. It's funny. I, mean, I think that the most proven backup in the SEC this year, I mean, it depends, right? It could be Brennan. But of the top teams here that they're listing, it's probably Arkansas with Hornsby. But at the same time, we don't really see Hornsby pass a lot. You know, he's a guy who comes in and runs some wildcat kind of stuff. So, But Bryce Young by himself is good enough to make this the number one. Is there any ranking that you just vehemently disagreed with? No. I mean, I I thought this this was one of the more more fair rankings that I've seen. Yeah. And, I mean – I, I thought they took a. I, I thought they did their research. I thought a lot of times, you know, these national publications they just don't do the research. You know, some of them will have somebody that's been you know kicked off the team or that's hurt, 
listed in there as, you know, a reason why the team's going to be better or worse this year. I thought they really did their homework here, and they, I thought they researched this pretty well. Yeah, I give, them, I give them a lot of credit. This was a, this is not an article where I'm just scratching my head and saying, "Are you, are you for real?" I, I'm not saying that at all. This is, this is a good job uh, by the guys at, uh, at who, who wrote this article. Let me, let me give the, them credit. It says Brad Crawford, but this is from Athlons, right? So, yeah, is he, is he also the author? Brad, no, Brad just a lot. Brad does a lot of these articles where he. Okay. Um, uses the I got you publication to the attribution well, whoever, of somebody else and just kind of expands on it. Yeah, whoever put it together, well done, good job. All right, tomorrow's show, the rumblings. I see some questions are already starting to come in, so that's exciting. We'll answer all those, and then we'll have a uh, Friday show. Hopefully, maybe we can ba- add some baseball recruiting news uh, at some point. Plus, who knows what else? All right, guys, have a great uh, Wednesday, and Robbie, I'll be back with you on uh, Thursday. This is a good show for us, by the way, Robbie, considering that. Five minutes before we started the show, we were talking about not doing a show. You, you found this article, and we turned it into a show. Good job by us. I think we deserve credit. Well, we, we used to get hammered for, for, say, for getting on these shows and not having a, uh, a plan. But yeah. You well, sometimes, you know, on that. the plan presents itself. So Yeah. All right, guys. Have a good one. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Adat. For, uh, thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.